0: Raider Nation, wake up and get ready, because it's time for the Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Good morning, Raider Nation. I'm Eddie Pascal, and today is February 23rd, 2021. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Morning Grind. Today on the podcast, we welcome in an old friend of ours, Jesse Merrick from News 3LV here in Las Vegas, to talk about all things silver and black, what the next few months will look like for our beloved Raiders, and what his experience was like covering the NHL outdoor game over the weekend in Tahoe. It was great to catch up with our pal, so without further ado, enjoy our conversation with Jesse Merrick. Jesse Merrick. And we are so happy to welcome in our pal, Jesse Merrick from News 3LV. And Jesse, it's so funny. I was texting you the other day, and and I feel like we talked to you so much during the regular season that now not having you on any of our podcasts, any of our shows, nothing for like, what, two months? It feels like a lifetime.
1: It does, man. We had to, like, reintroduce ourselves before we got going, right?
0: (laughs) I know. Seriously. My goodness. How are you, though? How's life? And before we get into it, I want to ask you. I'm super jealous that you just got back from the outdoor game the nhl nhl outdoor game in tahoe i mean that must have just been it looked like the coolest thing ever on tv was it like being there live and in person
1: yeah it was pretty insane i mean it was one of the best like made for tv sporting events here you'll ever kind of get a chance to see so i was i felt so lucky to be there it was wild obviously the issues with the ice and everything that was insane you know first time i've ever been at a game that gets postponed because the weather's too nice but uh man the views were insane uh, having it right next to lake tahoe i mean like the guys were saying like they could jokingly saying they could chuck a puck and it would land in lake tahoe like it was that close and the setting with the mountains and everything there were fans there on kayaks and boats trying to get a glimpse of it all because they couldn't actually be there in attendance like it was it was nuts it was definitely one of the things i'll never forget and i'm, I'm so stoked that i got to be there in person to kind of check it out and everything
0: I know I had a major FOMO the, the first period, I should say, when I was enjoying <laughs> that. And then it, then it kind of you know fell off. And I was like, listen, I'm not the the guys, the guys at the, the facility gave me a hard time because I don't like primetime games because they start too late. So what, what was it, eight o'clock or nine o'clock? You guys got things rocking again?
1: Yeah, 9 o'clock, they picked it back up. Yeah, it was a long one, man. Long, long day. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's too much for me. But shifting back to our beloved Las Vegas Raiders, as much as I love the Knights, and as I'm a new hockey guy, I feel like I have to adopt them. But it's so crazy. We were just talking about how it feels like forever that we haven't talked. But free agency is now less than a month away, as crazy as that is. Like the NFL does a really, really good job, in my opinion, about making sure there really is no off-season for the folks like us who are just continually... Looking at the storylines and this and that. And, you know, we're, like I say, call it four weeks more or less out from the start of free agency, to the start of the league year. And this, I was almost said Oakland, this Las Vegas Raiders team, <laughs> not uh, the, the cupboard isn't bare. Obviously, you finish the season the way that you do, incredibly disappointing, but the cupboard isn't bare. But when you look at what needs to happen in that first, let's call it 72, 96 hours of free agency, where do you want the Raiders to get better?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, and that's one thing, like you said, you know, the cupboard's not bare. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they look at the numbers from last year defensively and they're bad. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. So, obviously, they, they need some help, but there's a lot of talent and a lot of young talent along this defense. So, honestly, you know, the three big needs that you look at defensively are going to be, you know, D tackle, you know, maybe add another rusher, um, you know, and then you need a linebacker, a strong side linebacker, and then you need a free safety. And I think, honestly, free safety should be their number one concern in free agency. Um, is the thing that they should be looking for. You know, you hear the names out there, Justin Simmons, Marcus May, Anthony Harris. I mean, we could go on and on about the different names that are out there. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is you got to make sure you you get the guys that you need and want in that veteran leadership that can kind of, kind of come in and be the alpha dog on that defense maybe uh, before you go into the draft. So you can go into the draft and draft the best available at whatever position it is you need. Um, you know, so I, I say... I I like where things kind of slot up for him in the draft uh, along the D-line, and maybe we touch on that a little later, but um, I say find, find a free safety. Find someone back there that you can pair with Jonathan Abram and kind of take a load off of him and maybe let him be a little more free to go out there and just be that dude that throws his body around with reckless abandon.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that this is going to be this being 2021 is going to be a huge year for Jonathan Abram, just in terms of showing who he is, kind of maturing a little bit on the field, uh, and kind of you know taking that next next step in his progression. But I always kind of caution people, you know, I think fans especially during this time of the year, they want their team to go out there, whether it's the Raiders, the Cardinals, whoever, and just throw obscene amounts of money around. <laughs> and I always tell people, like, listen, I'm all for spending, I'm all for you know bringing in a flashy free agent. But I always say, remember this, that the guys who get to free agency, a wise man once told me, they get there for a reason. And the teams that typically, quote unquote, win in March, they don't often win in the fall. So it's it's really for this team, it's kind of finding that delicate balance of using the money you got, but using it carefully, not just throwing it around willy nilly.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, you know, we've seen some of the mistakes that they made last year in terms of some guys that they brought in that didn't quite work out. So you want to make sure it's the right fit. And to be quite honest, like the Raiders don't have the cap space to just, you know, back up the Brinks truck for some of these guys. They got to be smart with it, get some, you know, team-friendly deals, maybe with some vets and things like that. And then, you know, find a couple of guys that are maybe a a bit under the radar, you know, and, and will come at a cheaper price tag and can hopefully outplay their contract. And then you're in a better cap situation for next year and, you know, maybe also target some guys that'll come in on a prove-it deal. Uh, you know, obviously they did that with a guy like Malik Collins and a couple different guys like that that didn't quite work out. But you, you go for those prove-it deals, guys that are going to be hungry, to show, hey, I still got it. And also another thing that I think that works in uh, Vegas's favor, no state income tax, man. Guys can keep more of their money if they come here. I think that's going to be something that, that works in their favor. We've seen it work well for the Knights as well.
0: Now, listen, as a man who came from the state of California, and I love yeah. California, I'm a Northern California guy. Not having state income tax is a is pretty cool. I'm like very I'm very much down with that, and I'm not a millionaire, so I can't imagine what like some of these guys, like you said, how much of an uh, you know how much of a uh, how much of that excites them that that's or entices them, I should say. And Jesse, like we've had a chance now. It's been gosh a little less than two months since the season ended, and I think that this time has given us all a chance to kind of reflect, to sit back, to kind of see, hey, what worked in 2020, what didn't work, where do we need to get better? And I've thought about it a lot. And I'm curious for your two cents on it for the Raiders to succeed in 2021. And I think succeed, I think we need to define as making the postseason. I don't think that there's anyone out there who thinks that eight and eight or nine and seven next year is going to be a success. This team needs to find a way into the postseason tournament. But to do that, is it really just as simple as the defense needs to get better?
1: I think it is, you know, I mean, look, the offense is what it is. It's a good offense, a top 10 offense, you know, if if not top 10, right, hovering right around there. I don't remember the numbers exactly, but. The offense is good, they just need to figure out their red zone situation once they get in there. The The biggest thing is if you get a defense that's serviceable, then man, this team is a playoff team and there's no doubt about it. I mean, think about how many games they lost towards the end of the stretch where it was a close game and if the defense is able to make a stop, which is not asking a lot, you make a stop and they win the game and they're going to the playoffs if that happens. So I think it is as easy as you fix the defense and this is a playoff team and then we all know once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know, kind of our reflection as well, kind of landed at the same place where, look, the offense is good. It's borderline, statistically speaking, a borderline great offense. Now, that said, I think that as is the case any year with any group across the league, there are things that you're going to have to you're going to have to address. I think that there's still big questions at wide receiver. I think the interior offensive line is something that I would like to see kind of shored up over the next couple of months in the draft and the free agency in the draft and free agency, but it does feel like you're almost there. You're one puzzle piece away from just tweaking something and having a legitimate like top 5 offense. But defensively, I mean, what it, I mean, I this might be a question that you and I discuss maybe closer to training camp, but like What's realistic for this group in 2021? Because look, you and I both know that this defense for large stretches of the year last year was not good. Like it's hard to mince words like they were not good. So how do we take what we saw last year, shift ahead to 21 and define what success is going to be like for the guys on that side of the football?
1: I think you got to get and If we're speaking statistically, you got to get in the 20 to 25 range. You get right around there, preferably closer to 20. And I think this team is much different and things look wildly different for them, especially when you consider the fact that, like, look at the way they played the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs put up points, but they played well enough for the Raiders to win both of those games. So if they continue that game plan and take it in there against the Chiefs, then they throw in the fact that they've got a, you know, middle of the road defense in that Let's say you know, forget the twenty to twenty-five. Let's say eighteen to twenty-five. If they're in that if range, if it's eighteen, they're gonna, gonna build, be...
0: they're gonna build Gus Bradley a, a statue outside of Allegiant. Yeah, Jesse. they are.
1: Yeah, and I and I'm not saying it's gonna get there. I, I think that's still a work in progress. But I think if they can get to that like twenty three ish, then man, this is gonna be. A, a very dangerous team and one that people look at and say okay we gotta we gotta really sit here and figure this out in game plan because now it's like hey who do you worry when you look at the defense there's nobody that you really worry about so they gotta figure out a way to get someone that strikes fear in the opposing quarterback
0: you know we've asked a lot of folks this question since the season ended and i'll ask you the same thing you know if you're mike mayock and john gruden sitting here at the end of april and you're on the clock at 17 you don't have to give me a name necessarily, but what do you? what's the play there? What what position are you looking at?
1: Man, I'll give you a position and a name. Oh, I think look it's at Christian you. Bang, Barmore. bang. Yeah, I got you, bro. I got you. I think they got to go with Christian Barmore, and, you know, the D-tackle out of Alabama. Um, you know, I got some connections to Alabama. I obviously worked out there, so I'm going to have a little more info on a guy like him. But having watched him and seen him and things like that, and the bit that I've heard from friends of mine they are still out there covering him, he's the guy, and it sounds like he'll be there you know, he, he he proved in the playoff that he is a guy that can, you know, take his game to that next level. And, uh, you know, look, if we're being honest, you know, how many times did John say that that D tackle position, which they thought Malik Collins was going to be, is that thing where they have to have that anchor point. I know they changed defensive coordinators and everything, but at the end of the day, it all begins with those big guys up front. So you get a guy like Barmore, pair him with Max and Klee, who a lot of people, you know, we're talking a lot of smack about Cle, but he, he showed flashes and he didn't have a year where, you know, he was hurt and COVID and things like that. I think we're a lot. I think a lot of people are talking differently about Cleveland um, if he's able to do that. So I think if you get a guy like Barmore at that spot at 17, he's going to come in and can make a big difference along your D line and, uh, you know, take some of the weight off of those guys and, and kind of open things up for him.
0: I mean, you talk about Gruden saying, hey, the the big boy in the middle is key to everything. I mean, Mike Mayock, since he has gotten here, has said that in his conversations when he was, you know, living the NFL draft analyst life, which was a great life, wearing great suits. But he always said that when he talked to folks, especially quarterbacks, the one thing that they didn't like, the one thing that would throw them off of their game was an interior rush. And I mean, the Raiders just haven't had that in a while. So if you can look, I think we all know what we have in Max Crosby. I think you look at Max Crosby, you're like, this is a guy that's only going to get better, especially if you give him some help. So if you give yeah. him a little bit of help on the, in the interior of that D-line, and we have Klee back in the mix, you maybe add another veteran on the outside as well. I mean, look, I know it was bad last year. Like, trust me, I've looked at the numbers. I watched the same games you did, Jesse. I know it was bad. But especially along that defensive line, if you add one or two dogs up front, like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that it could be an interesting, uh, interesting position for these Raiders in 2021.
1: It really could be. And, and, you know, not only would it open things up for Max and Klee, think about the second level, the linebackers and the DBs. They're not back there covering for like six to eight seconds. You know, if you shorten the time to when the quarterback has to sit there and make a decision, it's going to improve all levels of your defense. And look, this is a wild comparison. I'm not saying they're going to get a guy like Aaron Donald, but look what he does for that defense. I mean, that is a guy that's been an anchor for them, and he is a game changer for everyone in that system. It opened things up for all of them. So if you get somebody in there that could even be half of what Aaron Donald is, he comes in and makes a massive difference for this defense, and it permeates through the different levels of it. And, again, it's it's crazy that one guy can be make that much of a difference. But like you said, that pressure up the middle, that's what's going to ruin any offense. I don't care what scheme they run. You get pressure up the middle, that's going to make things tough for them.
0: And, and you look at look at the big boys, especially in the middle, right? When you look at a guy like Aaron Donald, and I know that Aaron Donald, like you said, is the kind of exception to this rule and is just yeah. not even a human being, really. But as impressive as his numbers are year in and year out, I feel like you can't even really register his full kind of impact on that defense just by looking at the numbers because he draws so much attention. There's so many times where you have to have two, three guys that know exactly where he is. And because of that, that frees up stuff on the outside. And like you said, in, uh, you know, also helps uh, helps the secondary helps everyone. So, gosh, if we can get a like a qualified, consistent interior rush, it could be a, it could be a lot of fun for these Raiders, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, it definitely could. And another guy to keep an eye on could be a Dalvin Tomlinson. You know, he's he's not a guy in the draft, but a free agent maybe to keep an eye on. He's widely underrated, and I know I'm going back to the well with the Alabama guys. So don't come after me. People saying, "Oh, you're biased all the Alabama guys," but he's a dude. That has been really consistent in his NFL career so far and is kind of flown under the radar. Another big space eater guy that's, you know, more athletic than he is, or than you think he is uh, because of the size, you know. So the thing that I always go back to is they got to find somebody like, you know, when, when Quinn Williams was getting drafted, they were like, he's like a 300 pound bar of soap. You got to find somebody like that for the interior for sure. And it'll be, you know, night
0: and day difference for this group. And look, there's nothing wrong with going to the Bama well, brother. I mean, look, we yeah, went, we've yeah. gone back to, we've gone back to the well two years in a row, and I think by and large it's worked out pretty well for us. So listen, you won't, you won't get any Bama hate for me. So keep going to that well, my friend. Yeah, there's worse wells to go to. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> there's for sure worse wells to go to. Very well said. Well, hey Jesse, we appreciate your time, brother. So this comes out on Tuesday, which is Tuesday the twenty third. So where do the good people that listen to our uh, our podcast, where can they find you on TV tonight?
1: Uh, we'll be on News 3LV, that's Channel 3, the NBC affiliate out here. You guys can also hit me up on Twitter at Jesse News 3 lv as well.
0: Oh, shameless plug alert. I love it so much. I well, <laughs>
1: always have to. <laughs> you
0: got to do it, man. Well, hey, Jesse, it's so good to hear from you again, man. Don't be a stranger. And uh, yeah, it was too long. This two months was too long not to hear from you on the program. So we're going to figure out a way to get you back in the mix.
1: Yeah, man, we got we to gotta do it again. I'm all for it. You know, at any time.
0: Oh, man, it was so good to talk shop with our pal Jesse today. What a good dude. Uh, Make sure you follow him on Twitter, like he said, at JesseNews3LV. And Raider Nation, enjoy the rest of your week. Free agency will be here before we know it. I'm Eddie Pascal, and this was The Morning Grind. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Morning Grind on the official Raiders Podcast Network.